Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here, and you're listening to episode 88 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, and anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So today's episode, episode 88, is entitled More Insights on the Inner Critic. Ah, such a delightful topic. Um, I think this is a very valid topic because um, within us, we, um, we, we, we have a, a kind of a, a desire and a capacity to be the best we can possibly be in the world. Um, and then we have other aspects of ourselves that, um, at least on the surface, seem to want other things (laughs) and depending on what kind of life experiences we've had we can one of the elements that we have to deal with is is our own inner critic so to speak and for some of us that inner critic can be very very harsh and and very very unforgiving Um, and what that can fundamentally mean is if you allow that to drive you um, this can really get in the way of you having a fulfilling and meaningful life it can get in the way of having relationships if, you know, your inner critic's telling you that you're putrid and ugly and not worth anybody's time. Um, it can decimate your career. Ah, oh, everybody hates you. You're dumb. You're stupid. Da, 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 da. You know, there's lots of ways in which we can really... Life's challenging enough, I think, without um, really getting down on ourselves. And the artistry really is that... Um, we can critique ourselves competently, not um, cruel in, in a cruel kind of manner, you know, because um, uh, people with a very strong inner critic and, and, you know, perhaps the inner critic's intention is to protect us or keep us safe, um, but um, it can really be... It can get in the way, I guess, is what you would kind of say. You, you know, if it causes us to withdraw and to pull out of the world rather than put ourselves forward in the world, um, then we might need to critique the inner critic. <laughs> uh, and the thing about kind of, if you want a kind of a general overview of the, how the inner critic works, you one of the ways in which we could um, sum this up, uh, this is, I like the work of a gentleman I think his name is Pete Walker. Forgive me. Um, the, his book is called Complex, PT, Complex PTSD, Surviving to Thriving. I think is an excellent book where he looks at particular people who've experienced a serious amount of neglect and trauma can really, really develop a, a very strong and very invasive inner critic. And the problem with our inner critic is, is you know, it's got all the tickets on us, so it can really be very convincing. Um, it knows all our weak spots, it knows all our buttons, it knows all our vulnerabilities, you know, um, and, and knows how to press these. Um, in particular, you know, to, to, to take our feet out from under us, it's very, very good at kind of, um, you know, knee, kneecapping us. Um, and 
unless we can find ways to really manage and integrate that aspect of ourselves. So it's not about making it wrong. It's not about warring against it, but it is around around kind of setting healthy boundaries around the inner critic, integrating the inner critic in a more effective way. Um, otherwise, like I said, you know, the world is likely to miss out on our on our value and and our contribution. And I think, you know, more now than ever, we we need everybody's best self um, uh, contributing to humanity and contributing to the planet. And if your toxic inner critic is holding you back from that, then that is the first place to 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 kind of potentially look at how how do I get better here? And if we're looking at inner critic, and like I said, we're so dropping down from kind of the idea of inner critic to basically two general pathways in which the inner critic can kind of, um, you know, uh, get into us, so to speak. Um, one is one pathway that the inner critic can, can attack us from is the pathway of perfectionism. And the other pathway it can go down is kind of hypervigilance. Uh, so, you know, if we're prone to lots of shame and we're prone to perfectionistic thinking, then, you know, our inner critic might be very good at just telling us how much we're, we're worthless, we don't add up, um, um, uh, we're constantly failing, we're never doing well enough, um, it tends to minimise our successes or write them off as flukes um, or go, even if we do have a success, it'll go straight into, oh, well, you're buggered now, um, you've, you've, you did that. Um, how on earth are you going to repeat that? Uh, there's no way. You're not good enough. You you don't have enough skills there. Um, and and then people are going to see uh, truly what um, a worthless piece of garbage you are. Um, things along those kinds of lines. Or if we're going the other way and we're going through hypervigilance, then you know we're seeing either aspects of ourselves as a threat or we're seeing the the external world as a, as some sort of threat. So. Um, and, and, and a fundamental belief that we don't, we don't add up, that we're not strong enough, we're not capable enough, we're not competent enough to, to get on in the world that, you know, we're probably a lot more fragile than we are. And, and we, you know, we can't sustain a few knocks and blows, you, you know, the, you, the world is going to decimate you. Um, so, you know, best you stay at home in your, in your jammies with your slippers on and uh, don't engage because um, I'm here to tell you that, uh, you know, you're, you're not suited for the world. So step out there and, you know, um, you're going to be annihilated at, at the kind of, you know, strongest end of these things. And, and sometimes just to mix it up, of course, we can flick backwards and forwards between toxic perfectionism and toxic hypervigilance, you know, because... Um, if, if my inner critic is invested almost like a narcissistic kind of parent in never allowing me to actually, uh, you know, if it thrives by continuing to point out the gaps, the insufficiencies, the inadequacies, um, um, and refuses to acknowledge any of the successes, then it's metaphorically, it's, it's, it's a catch 22. We're never going to be able to, to, um, to level up to, 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 to get to a place where we can go, you know what, um, you're okay, you 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 are okay, um, and and that we can see, you know, we can grow in a sense of confidence, we can grow in a sense of healthily continuing to build our competence, 
um, rather than some unrealistic measures that inevitably end up in failure and frustration um, or just cause us to quit because even before we start, we, we've set hopelessly, ridiculously high aspirations for ourselves. Um, and what's the point? You're never going to achieve that anyway, so chuck it in. Um, or I'm looking at my failures and I'm using those to eviscerate myself, to punish myself, to belittle myself. Look at you. That's typical. Um, of course, you're always going to fail. Um, these kinds of things, whereas people who are generally successful tend to have a far more healthy and balanced view of um, of mistakes in, in the sense of just going, well, um, you, you know, mistakes are part of life. Getting, you know, part of getting better is is consistently being able to, you know, to have the capacity to make mistakes, to have the capacity to, to um, fall short. Look at that as nothing more than process and just looking at and, and almost depersonalizing that to a degree and just going, okay, what did I learn from that experience and how will I get better? You, you, you know, rather than going, well, you know, this just shows that the universe hates you and that you're useless and, you, you know, really, who were we kidding? Um, all these kinds of things that, you know, when we listen to that kind of internal dialogue, we feel weaker, not stronger. Um, whereas if we're talking about constructive, healthy critic, almost like a gentle coach or a, or a, a loving but accountable parent, you know, it's not an, in, it's not, you know, we're not talking about swinging in the polarity and becoming hyper indulgent because that has its own set of problems. It's the artistry. You know, we've got compassion for where we are. We've got compassion for, for realizing that this is what I know right now. And if I knew any better, if I could do any better, I would have done, I would have done so. But, but, you know, through the process of just engaging in life, learning what I'm learning, um, refining my thinking, refining my feeling, and just paying attention to what life is bringing to me and and how I might optimize the opportunity to present then from there how, how am I how am I going to continue to uh, improve and be kind to myself in the process but also be responsible and accountable um, and really get that balance right and sometimes we're gonna tip backwards and forwards it's not a it, it's not a static kind of process it's a process that's constantly up for review where we're dancing between compassion and accountability, confidence and competence. Um, and from time to time, we're going to tip a little bit too far one way or a little bit too far the other. Um, and that's just recognizing that that too is the process. Um, and if we've set some um, measurable parameters in our life, we've, we've marked out the areas of our life that we think are important and we've put into place some method that's going to inform us of how we're specifically where uh, we're improving, uh, that we're on track in these areas, um, then this helps us to kind of navigate too. It helps us to point the critic in appropriate directions rather than let it loose to eviscerate and annihilate us. Um, and again, I can only talk for myself when my critic gets off the chain, but but it's decidedly vicious um, and likes to stick the boots in, you know, as if in the moments of, of failure, so to speak, as if the situation wasn't bad enough um, without my critic then piling in as well, <laughs> you know, waits till I'm down and then starts, you know, sinking in the boots whilst telling me that somehow that process is good for me. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm there going, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, and I probably deserve to be spoken to this viciously and this shamingly. Um, and then, you know, I've got my own kind of payoffs for that, 
Um, uh, so, but but again, I would argue that probably from a long term performance perspective, that's not the way necessarily to do it. Um, so, part of it is is that we we become aware of when we're triggered into that kind of negative critic. Uh, we're, we're triggered into what I would call ineffective self-critique. Um, and the moment we get aware of it, that we can kind of pop out of it, recognize, okay, here's, here's where I am. I think this is not very helpful to moving forward in life. It's really dinting my, my confidence. I'm not able to objectively now look at where I need, you know, what, what specifically the areas where I can improve. Um, rather I'm just in a, in a kind of a spiral of, of self-denigration. Um, okay, then step number one is let's let's stop that and and then you know reset or if if I'm a bit worked up I might first thing I might need to do is step away and attend to my uh, emotional space and then come back in a more balanced and measured way and go well what's my intention here is my intention to improve in this environment is my intention to figure out a way past these blocks is my intention to find a way to perform better um, in this particular area of life uh, and then, well, what would help that most? Um, you know, some clear objective critiquing or vicious self-attack, um, you know. And you'd be amazed how often I still, you know, vouch for vicious self-attack. But we're getting better. <laughs> um, and, and again, like I said, it's, it's really recognising, you know, where, where are we in this kind of process, especially if we've got that shame and perfectionism stuff running. On the other side... You know, when we talk about hypervigilance and all that kind of stuff, you know, if we're if we're triggered into kind of fight, flight, protective responses, um, especially if we're we're not quite sure where the threat's coming from, and so our body just starts preparing for threat in general. And what that ten generally tends to mean is, you know, we're flooding our our system with cortisol. You know, we're obsessively looking around everywhere. Then, you know, that's that's not a great way to actually spot true danger um, because now I'm I'm jumping at everything um, and I and, and paradoxically over responding to an environment actually makes you more vulnerable um, it's not actually an effective mode of um, protection and and and, and effective self-protection rather than being able to stay in a still calm place and then looking around um, from that place and going, okay, rather than, you know, kind of jumping from spot to spot like a scared rabbit, go, where, 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 you know, um, where, where, where paradoxically that, that's a, that's a very vulnerable position to be in, you know, hyper vigilance where I'm over reacting to the environment or hypo vigilance where I'm under reacting to the environment. Both of those are not the sweet spot of safety and protection rather than, okay, let me ground myself. Let's take a look around. Is there anything I actually need to pay attention to right now? And then the other element of it is, is, you know, one of the things that really interests me is, yes, life is unpredictable. Life is full of amazing experiences and stunning tragedy and everything in between. Um, but it's understanding that we are far more, you know, we're built for this. You know, while it might seem sometimes that we're not built for life, but three billion odd years of evolution, you know, we, we have, we have, we've grown and we've evolved hand in hand with life itself. We are built for this, even though, 
And and I sometimes find great comfort in that because I come from a place of fragility and self-doubt and wonder whether I'm tough enough for the world sometimes. And 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 in those moments, it's it's important to remember my my biology. I'm 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 built. I'm built for life. That's you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm standing on the shoulders of of you know thousands and thousands of years of evolution and, and genetic um uh, you know, d- genetic development where, you know, life moves, you know, life moves towards life, so to speak. Um, it, it, we, you know, life adapts to the environment. Um, and it's remembering that where, you, you know, this is where for some of us, it's really understanding, you know, and, and, and really recognizing just how, powerful and how resilient and how strong we actually are because for some of us especially with the inner critic that gets off the chain it can really underplay that especially if your way of doing the inner critic is is the hypervigilant oh life's going to knock us out you know people are going to attack me this and that rather than go well you know worst case scenario i'm built for this shit i can i can do this i'll be okay um if i need support i'll i'll get appropriate support but genetically um you, you know, I'm here. I'm built for this. I'm 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 made for my environment, um, and that doesn't take away the fact that yes, uh, it, it's kind of that ability to embrace the paradox that a human being is stunningly fragile and and stunningly resilient and powerful at the same time. That's the you, you know that's that's kind of the one of the one of the fascinating things uh, about being a human being to me, um, and and you know we're, we're made to be here. So for what that's worth, I'd offer you that one as well because I sometimes find that's quite comforting. Maybe it will resonate with you, maybe it won't. Um, And then the other element that I guess I want to sort of talk about too is when we're talking about our inner critic, um, part of the inner critic strategy, I mean, if we're not, is, is what we would call the appropriate, are we being critiqued at the appropriate level? So you know, from time to time, someone will show up and they'll say, oh, my life's a disaster, Sean. Now, that's a that's a very big overarching statement because there's a lots of levels of life. Um, and so if we break that down and go, okay, so you're saying to me that your intimate relationship's a disaster, your friendships are a disaster, your career's a disaster, your mental health's a disaster, physical health's a disaster, um, and, and any other category, um, your family relationships are a disaster, you know, customarily... Um, there are certain areas where we're, it's not all um, a disaster. There's certain areas where things are actually going okay or better than okay. And, and so we have to be careful when our, um, our critic attacks our identity or the bigger picture, so to speak, rather than one specific area that we then generalize out. You know, um, my relationships are good. My business is not going as well as I'd like. Um, but my health is there. My relationships are good. My family situation is good. You know, so, you know, that's a lot less overwhelming. That's a, that's a lot less um, exhaustive um, than, oh, my life's a disaster, which is probably more than likely actually not a very um, accurate statement. <laughs> Once in a while, sure, you might have a few areas that are really running badly and, and you've got to look at that. But, but customarily, when, we, when we're talking about what specifically isn't working well, 
and what specifically do we need to be critiquing in a healthy way, that's a lot more manageable than big overarching statements like, you know, I'm a disaster, I'm a failure, my life is a failure. You're a failure, really, in every area of your life? I'm, you know, um, I, I don't know about that, you, you know. So it's also being careful. Um, uh, is the critic attacking me on the big picture or the small picture? Um, and like I said, we want to ideally get out of the paradigm of attack rather than going, well, well if you want to give me critique, do, do so in, a, in an advancing and a healthy and a supportive kind of way. Um, that give me something I can use, you know, don't just tear strips off me, uh, and, and, um, and, and continue to, uh, eviscerate me at how stunningly inadequate I am at life or, you know, have a go at me for things I can't control. Oh, Sean, you look at how ugly you are and whatever the case may be. Um, okay, well, just question how helpful that is rather than go, give me something I can use, please. If, if we're talking, to the, the the critic and go work work with me, um, and this is where you, you know we're we're in, inviting the the critic to become more integrated, to become more healthy, um, and that that can take time. Um, first things first, let's get aware of when where our inner critic has hijacked um, the show and is running the place. That's probably step number one: is that we start with awareness and then we slowly start questioning and slowing down that process and then starting to turn it towards something more complementary based on where we want to go in life. Um, and we could talk for ages about this. There's so much more to say about um, the kind of inner, inner critic um, kind of element, um, but that will probably do us for today's episode. Um, thank you, uh, as always, uh, for, for, for listening along. I hope you found the episode thought-provoking. Uh, my, my rambling, so to speak, on Inner Critic. There, there you go. Critic's already creeping in um, about the episode on Inner Critic. How, how, uh, how uh, thank you for your, your timing of appearing there, Inner Critic. Gratefully, uh, I, I hear you and calm the farm, so to speak. Um, but uh, thank you uh, for listening to the episode. And um, as always, the customary sort of sign off is my profoundest gratitude and thanks for those of you who've been following along the show from the beginning or for, 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 for quite a while. Profoundly grateful um, that you've taken some time out to listen uh, to the program. For those of you who've just joined us, welcome. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, if you want to continue to support the program, uh, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find. <coughs> Pardon me, and I'm very passionate about getting these skill sets um, out there and things that help humankind, I believe. Um, and I'm all, also, you can find the show on Podbean and Stitcher and at the website, emergencetraining.com.au. Um, and by all means, as always, if you've got ideas for episodes and I know something about it, um, you know, let, let me know what you'd like to hear about because that always helps to, um, as I really enjoy uh, the whole kind of process of doing this particular program. And I feel very grateful to have the opportunity to do it and very grateful that people are listening. So once again, uh, wherever you are on the planet, um, my profoundest gratitude uh, for tuning in. Um, and I really hope that this episode um, offers you just some support um, and uh, you can add it in in a, in a useful way to support getting what it is that you want out of your life. 
So thank you and um, bye for now and we'll see you on the next episode.